you know, things are always happening, you know, for us opposed to, to us. And sometimes I would catch myself like being in the most beautiful place. Like we would be in the Austrian Alps and I would be like miserable. And again, it just like reaffirmed to me that like this, this travel, for example, this thing outside of me that you think is going to make you so, so happy wasn't. So I call it like my rock bottom. And we, it was summertime. And basically I was sitting across the table. I'll never forget this from Justin. And he basically was like, you um, aren't happy. Like I can, we were already married at this time. And he's just like, you're not happy. You know, he would say that to me, you know, time and time, like time and time again. And I would always be like, what are you talking about? Blah, blah, blah. And I would just kind of, you know, push him off. And that time I was just like, you're right. And I just surrendered to it. And I remember, you know, that night so clearly and thinking that like, I needed to make a change. What gets us through this crazy hockey journey is our amazing community of women. Inspired by our online network, Breaking the Ice is a platform created to connect us even more as we share our stories, our passions, our tips, tricks, do's and don'ts for all things hockey, and so much more. For hockey expats, buy hockey expats. So lace them up and tune in for a new episode every Wednesday. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. It is Monday. I'm recording this intro right now. And it's funny because I feel like I haven't really had a break to record this intro this week. And I just put my baby down for a nap and I can hear him squawking in the other room. So (laughs) bear with me. Hopefully I can get through this intro right now. So it's Monday. Obviously, I just said that. But I started doing these Sunday community check-ins and I actually got the idea from another podcast that I follow And I thought it was an awesome idea because it really just gives everybody like a safe space to, you know, share kind of what's on their mind without judgment. It's totally anonymous. And I've really just been impressed with the vulnerability of all of you to share the good and the bad for other people to see, you know. So when someone answers the question on Instagram, you can reshare it and it's totally private. Like obviously I can see who sent it, but I think it's a really good way for people to know that they're not alone because I feel like almost everything that people say, like I get responses saying, wow, this really resonates with me or I needed to hear this or this makes me feel so good that I'm not the only one feeling this way. So continue to share what's on your mind. It's really important. For me personally, like this past week, like the week before I was feeling like really positive and good. And then obviously it's an ebb and flow, right? So this week I was feeling really lonely and I just really... (laughs) it's so close to the end. Like we're in the pick round right now. And I don't know if like wherever you are, if your leagues do this, but basically we're competing for a spot in playoffs. So our season could be done as early as March 7th, which is like two weeks away, or we could go into playoffs and however far we get there. So it's so close. It's like I can almost touch it, but it's also almost causing me anxiety because I just like want to know what's going on, which obviously we never have control over that, but it's kind of like a feeling that's a little bit hard to deal with sometimes. Kind of just sitting on that, like, when are we going home and anxious to see my family and really just ready to 
have a little bit more variety in my life. I think I've just hit a wall where I'm like, I'm so bored and tired of doing the same thing every day, you know, because I just feel like I wake up and I have my coffee and then I decide what time I want to go for a walk or walk to the mall and, you know, like putter around. And I just, I don't feel like there's like a lot of fulfillment, I guess, just with this lockdown. And I also shared that like, I'm sure a lot of moms can relate to this, you know, but I'm also feeling burnt out, just not having help. Um, I kind of feel like I always have to be on and I don't really get a lot of like breaks and time for myself. And so that's another thing. I'm just really looking forward to going home so I can get some help and like feel a little bit more, you know, at ease and oh gosh, it's just going to be such an emotional reunion. I'm sure you guys can relate, but just like going home and seeing your family after this crazy year is going to feel so amazing. I'm sure you've noticed that we haven't really done as many Travel Tuesdays lately. And like, to be completely honest, like I just don't have the time to find people to do Travel Tuesdays each week. I absolutely love them and I love seeing them. So if you're ever interested in hosting one, please let me know. I would love for you to do that and set up a time. Um, It's just not realistic to continue to do it weekly. So it's kind of been a little bit more sporadic and hopefully you can understand. But um, again, if you're ever interested in doing that, I just ask that you have like enough content that you can share like 30 to 40 pictures that you kind of have experience like navigating Instagram stories. And if you have questions about that, we can connect further. Just send me a message. But It's always really fun to see like where other people play or vacation and just gives me ideas for once we can travel again, whenever that may be. Hopefully, hopefully next year. Today, I have Danielle on the podcast. She's also known as the Mindful Blonde on Instagram. And if you follow her on Instagram, she is just like such a positive ray of sunshine. Like, I mean, she really is. And she shares her life on there and she uses Instagram as like a manifestation tool of what she wants her life to look like. I really love talking to her. She's just so well-spoken and she opens up about a hard time in her life that actually kind of correlated with hockey um, that made her kind of redirect her life and find her purpose, her passion. And she talks a little bit about how she struggled with disordered eating and how she wasn't happy. Like, as you heard in the intro, she would be in the Austrian Alps and saying, why am I not happy right now? And I think there's like this misconception sometimes that happiness is gained from traveling or happiness is gained from being in a relationship or happiness is gained from having a bunch of friends. But really, it comes from inside. And it's something that you have to work on and put in the work to do so. I just really loved hearing her story and her experiences. And she shares a lot of tools on meditation and manifestation and how those kind of go hand in hand and how she's really created the life that she wants. So this is a really good episode to tune in for. And I think it's perfect for this week because it's very motivating and inspiring and just definitely something that I need to hear this week. So I hope you enjoy. Make sure to share to your story if you are loving this episode and let us know what you think.
Danielle, I'm so excited to finally chat with you today. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And before we start anything, I have been listening to a few of the podcasts that you've recorded. I haven't gotten to listen to all of them. And I just want to say, I don't know if anyone has told you this, but you are so freaking good at this. And this podcast, you're so welcome. And this podcast is really like a gift to us all. And you should be so proud of yourself for starting this and taking the risk. I know it can be really tough to take risks and to, you know, start a company and to start something new, especially in this lifestyle. So I just wanted to tell you that before we dove into everything we're about to talk about. Okay. That was literally the sweetest thing ever. You just made my entire day. (laughs) Thank you so much for saying that. Yeah. And it is true. It is scary to take risks, but I feel like you know, that's when the best things happen is when you step outside of your comfort zone and, and start something. So I'm just so excited to talk to you and have you be a part of it. Yes. So excited to be here. So Danielle is a certified holistic health coach, a yoga instructor, and a self-care enthusiast. But before we get into all of that, um, I want to hear a little bit about you, your hockey story. And like I mentioned before, when I sent you an email, like I like to kind of hear it more through the lens of you versus your husband, you know, and just kind of more focus on the experience than the years and the teams and the places. Um, so just kind of like overall how you felt and how you kind of navigated through this lifestyle and journey. Yeah, absolutely. So that is a fully loaded question. I, uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I'm Canadian. So I grew up in uh, Southern Ontario in Windsor in a small town, actually outside of Windsor. And I have three younger brothers. So came from a big family and went to school in Canada. I went to university at Western University, but um, my hockey story started pretty young because Justin and I have been together since we were like 18, 19. So I actually met him while he was playing Uh, junior hockey in Windsor and then we did long distance for six years and finally I made the move out to North Carolina. Justin had played in uh, the Carolina uh, affiliate for five years so I finally moved out there and I spent like half a year in North Carolina and then we decided to move to Europe. So our hockey journey took us to Europe. Uh, I think it's like five or six years ago now. I've lost count, but uh, (laughs) we were in Riga, Latvia. And then from Riga, we went to Germany and then spent a couple years in Germany. And we spent some time in Finland and now we are in Denmark. But uh, all the places and the travel has been a really, really like monumental part of my hockey story and my journey, but it's the people, honestly, that we have met through hockey. Um, these like lifelong friendships, like my some of my bridesmaids that uh, you know mm-hmm. were you know stood up at my wedding, are you know friends that we met through hockey, and it's just been so good to us. And I will say that that pretty much sums up like my hockey journey, but I feel like there's so many things to talk about when it comes to hockey. And there's been so, so, so much good, 
but um, through the evolution of it, there was some, you know, not so good for me. And I know we'll touch base on uh, that and like the whole healing journey, because it really has been a huge part of my life. Yeah, for sure. And I am so excited to unpack all of that. So did you say you only lived with him for like one season before you guys moved overseas together? honestly, it was less than one season. So I was working corporate HR and we, at that time, actually, I was really heavily into yoga. So I got my yoga certification and I was teaching yoga and I was, you know, like I said, working a a full-time nine to five. And then we had been doing long distance for six years. And for me, it was just, and for him, but mostly me, it was, you know, I needed like that commitment and to take that like next step. If we were, you know, going to get engaged and going to get married, I wanted to, you know, live together before that happened. It was just like something I, you know, mm-hmm. was a full believer in. So teach their own. But uh, yeah, we lived together for like three or four months of that remainder of that hockey season. And then uh, we actually live or are from two separate cities. So I had like moved to Niagara where he's from. And then that's when we started like living together, but it had been, let's call it like six months that we lived together. And then we moved over to Europe. Oh my gosh. Okay. So a, the fact that you did long distance for six years, that is insane. Good for you for making it through that probably terrible time (laughs) because long distance is not easy for anyone. And I totally get like, wanting to move and, and kind of have that commitment before you take your relationship to the next level. But okay. So six months living together is not that long of a time. So like, what was that like going from living, you know, closer to home and then moving to Europe and kind of, I mean, you did long distance, so you weren't like totally new to the lifestyle. I'm sure you went and visited him, but like, what was it like moving to a completely new country overseas, not really knowing anybody? So I'm going to even take it back to before we move overseas, because this is kind of when um, a lot, I don't know if a lot of other women have experienced this, but for me, this was a huge shift in my life. So when I first moved to Carolina, what I thought the life was going to be like, like sleeping in and working out and making these healthy meals and, you know, being with Justin, obviously, and hanging out with these girls, Uh, like I was so excited for it I was like woo I'm gonna you know not quit but you know basically you quit your job and then you move like for me I moved to the U.S. and I couldn't work in the U.S. because um, you needed a visa and blah 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 but I get over there and right away um, it was almost immediate I had this guilt and anxiety and I will never forget the first morning I woke up and you know, I could have slept in, but I didn't because I couldn't sleep. I had this, like, it was honestly like this veil of like guilt and fear and anxiety um, that I wasn't doing enough or that I was going to be seen as not doing enough. And I know like a whole part of this podcast for me and like what I really want to share here is, um, Basically, I don't think a lot of us talk about this and I'm honestly going to get emotional even talking about it, but what ended up happening for me is that fear and that guilt and that anxiety um, ended up manifesting into like physical ailments. So 
this like hockey life, like I said, is so incredible and so amazing and it's given me so much, but it also, it, for me, I struggled with my purpose and I had, I was left with honestly, like nothing. It, it's what it felt like, even though I had my person and I had Justin, um, there was like this emptiness that I also was left with. So to kind of, I mean, take a spin on that and move forward with that. I, uh, I had to then, well, we both had to move to Europe. And again, I was really excited to move to Europe because it was all new and I wanted the change, but I had again, like this fear and this anxiety, almost like this emptiness inside of me. And I couldn't really figure out what it was or what it stemmed from. Now I know, now I understand that, you know, I needed to refine myself and find my passion and find my purpose. But I think in the hockey world, so many of us women sacrifice and give up so much. And it's, I know it's talked about because, you know, our, our husbands and our boyfriends, they do the same too. They sacrifice so, so much, but I don't know. I just don't think it's something that's really, you know, talked about enough. So this mm -hmm. is kind of where, um, basically the last five years for me has been refiguring out my purpose and, you know, realigning with myself and my values. And, uh, yeah, like I, I could talk about it forever, but to answer your question, <laughs> that, uh, moving in together was honestly the easy part because I had to deal with like myself emotionally. Um, so the moving in, like, you know, the whole, he doesn't flush the toilet or, you know, <laughs> I think he's actually a lot more, I would say neat and tidy. I'm like the kind of go with the flow and he's like very like type A personality. So yeah, we butt heads a little bit, but I would say um, that was like the least of my worries. Cause uh, I was over here dealing with, you know, trying to fix this like emptiness inside of me. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, thank you so much for sharing that. And being so vulnerable. I know that's hard and it's, it's so relatable to me, to probably so many people that are listening right now. It is not easy. And I think people think that, you know, we just pick up our lives and, oh, we get to see all these places. And, you know, it's, it's hard. Like you're away from people. You kind of lose a, your sense of self sometimes because, it's just, you go somewhere totally new where you don't know anybody. And especially if you've left like a career or you're just leaving your life, you know, to, to travel and it's, it's scary. It, and so thank you for sharing that. And I just, I just know so many people are going to be able to connect with that. Um, and I also know that you said that you found your purpose. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that. And I was looking at your website and I really, loved your mission about now that you found your purpose and you you are guiding people into true alignment um and you really came to this through your own healing so i just i would love to hear more about that journey for you yeah for sure and i do want to say that you know i have friends who are hockey wives and hockey girlfriends who like fully embrace like the lifestyle and for some of them you know they didn't have to necessarily go to work and it like, they loved it. They were like, I wonder, mm -hmm. like I have, you know, one of my best friends, I would always say, you know, like, I'm just so anxious or I just like, I, I need to do something. And she's like, what are you talking about? No, you don't. She's like, this is like the best thing ever. So mm -hmm. that just, that's my story. And I'm sharing because, you know, this has been my experience. And for like, I do not want to complain at all. I have had a very 
blessed life. And I feel like, again, hockey has given me and, you know, our family so, so much, but I think it's really important to note that, you know, you can live in Europe and you can have all these travel experiences and without even being a hockey wife or a hockey girlfriend, and you can have all these great things and nice cars and nice clothes, but there's nothing, you know, outside of you that is going to change how you feel inside of you. So that was the huge takeaway for me. And, you know, I, like I said, what I thought I wanted and what I thought was going to make me happy um, didn't make me happy because, you know, those things for me uh, weren't it. It was, I needed to change, you know, my state of being and how I felt inside um, and worked on, I had to work on that in order to, you know, get to where I am now, which is, you know, a place of happiness and peace. So I just want to, uh, yeah. cause it's all of our stories are completely different. So, absolutely. Uh, and I think everybody handles these different situations so differently. If you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. you said, for some people it's so easy. And like, for me, what you're saying, I can fully resonate with because for me, it's not that way. Um, and again, it's, there are so many blessings. There's so many opportunities and we've met some of our greatest friends as well, but I, I totally am in, in agreement that we should be talking about the struggles as well. Um, because it's important for people to know, like they're not alone going through that. Right. So again, thank you so much for sharing that. And, um, yeah, I'm glad that you're in a better place now and yeah, let's, let's hear the, the healing journey and, and yeah, what that was sure. like. So for me, it was like, hockey was going and moving and we were, we had been living in different places and, you know, sometimes it was awesome. And sometimes, you know, I found myself in a rut, but I don't think I ever really understood that, you know, things are always happening, you know, for us opposed mm-hmm. to, to us. So I, and sometimes I would catch myself like being in the most beautiful place. Like I, we would be in the Austrian Alps and, I would be like miserable. And again, it just like reaffirmed to me that like this, this travel, for example, um, this thing outside of me that you think is going to make you so, so happy wasn't. So I, I call it like my rock bottom and I, we, it was summertime and basically I was sitting across the table. I'll never forget this from Justin. And he basically was like, you um aren't happy like I can we were already married at this time and he's just like you're not happy and you know he would say that to me you know time and like time and time again and I would always be like what are you talking about blah blah blah. and I would just kind of you know push him off and that time I was just like you're right and I just surrendered to it and I remember you know that night so clearly and thinking that like I needed to make a change and I had tried so many things and I had, I just talk about this on Instagram and, you know, base my brand around disordered eating. I struggled with it so, so bad. And I was using food for a long time to basically control, you know, this emptiness and this anxiety and this fear. So um, that was like the main change that I needed to make and I needed to heal my relationship with food in order to heal all of my relationships you know that with myself and you know with my husband and friends and family so basically it was I just I needed to find something and it was meditation for me that really 
took, you know, my life from point A to B. And I, it was a full transitional healing that happened for me. But uh, I think meditation is confusing for a lot of people and it's a lot of unknown. So I just like dove deep. I think it was like the rock bottom and I'm like, no, I need to make a change. So I found Dr. Joe Dispenza and I'm, I talk about him all the time, but basically I started doing some of his meditations and then I did like his retreat and I did a lot of his programs and I did, I just committed to the work and I still do that type of work now today. So basically what the healing looked like for me was just committing to wanting to change. And I think the reason change is so hard for so many of us is that, you know, it's unfamiliar, it's unpredictable, it's uncomfortable. And I really needed to get comfortable with being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. in order to get where I wanted to be. Cause at the end of the day, it's like, I just wanted to be happy and I didn't understand why I wasn't. And it's basically for me anyways, my experience was I was just like a victim or I was being a victim to all of the circumstances in my life. So, you know, sometimes I would, you know, I I think a lot of us do this blame hockey and I would be like, well, you know, the reason I can't get a job is because, you know, we're overseas or, you know, the reason I can't do this is because of Justin's career. And I, so I was using hockey um, to blame where I was at in my life when in reality, I I, instead of being a victim, I needed to be the creator of my life. So that's what meditation allowed me to do. It allowed me to begin to understand what I had been thinking about and being a victim to and change it. So I know it can get really complicated and I'm probably (laughs) talking in circles here, but uh, that's like, when I say like, when someone asks me what healed me it obviously you heal yourself no one heals you but it was uh the practice of meditation you are so well spoken that was just so beautiful and I truly enjoyed hearing all of that with with meditation like that's something that comes so hard for me like I'm also a yoga teacher but it's so hard for me to get in that headspace like I try you know I use apps and sit and quietly practice like how did you how did you start a meditation practice, which is also something that, um, was an audience question as well, but like, how do you also keep consistency with that? So I know that it was an audience question and you also said that you wanted to touch base on manifestation. So I'm going to kind of like bridge the two together here for me manifestation because I think it's kind of like a trendy hot word right now Mm -hmm. but manifestation and meditation they are hand in hand so I think a lot of people think when it comes to manifestation and even meditation that you know you can make like a mood board or you can think positive thoughts or there's positive affirmations and all those don't get me wrong are great But from a scientific standpoint or like a neurological standpoint, it's not enough to think happy thoughts or to think about what, you know, you want. You have to teach your body emotionally what it would feel like to have X before X occurs. So for me, I needed to teach my body emotionally what it felt like to truly be happy before my happiness occurred 
or I needed to teach myself emotionally what it would feel like to feel healed and to not have, you know, these skin issues or these neurological issues that I was having before they actually manifested in my life. And that is like the number one takeaway for like meditation and manifestation for me. Cause it's, like I said, it is not enough to just think we it's thinking and feeling Uh that creates our like state of being that creates you know our our life that's so interesting like I guess I've never really thought of it that way like what is what are some of the ways that you've taught yourself how to think and feel that yeah for sure so I know that's kind of a weird question because it's probably hard to explain no it's not at all it's actually I've had to explain it so many times now so it's easy for me to explain. And I tried to kind of take it back a little bit because I've done a, like so much research and like really dove deep into meditation. So sometimes I feel like I can lose people a little bit when I'm not, you know, talking in like Leitman's terms. So to make it easy, um, like why meditation is so important to me specifically and like how I get to this place in meditation. So say you're playing a meditation or say you're not even applying a meditation um, and you're just like sitting there and you just can close your eyes. So when I'm sitting in my meditation, there comes a time, let's say like after a couple of minutes where I will like ask myself, what is like the vision of the future? Like, what is it that I, you know, want? And what does it look like? So there's an intention, like, what does it look like? What's the intention? So I'll use the example for me, what I wanted was clear skin. I had super, super bad acne. So that was my intention. And then what is it going to feel like when I have clear skin? And for me, you know, it was, I think I thought clear skin was going to give me happiness, freedom, confidence. Those are the things. So there's an intention and then there is an emotion that's attached to that intention. So when you can sit in your meditation and you, you know, your eyes are closed and then you're thinking about, you know, like I said, what is that vision of the future? What does that look like one, but most importantly, what does it feel like? At that point in time, you are teaching your body emotionally what it feels like to have whatever it is that you want ahead of the thing. So your body your body doesn't know the difference between now and having that say in like the future. So if it is like, you know, that dream job that you want, or maybe it's a baby, or, you know, maybe it's, you know, a lot of money and it's abundance, or, you know, maybe it is healing, or maybe it is just happiness. I think that meditation for me has taught me how to teach, like I said, I keep saying it over and over again. It's taught me how to teach my body emotionally what I really truly wanna feel like. And when you're in that and you're in that feeling and you can really, really bring up those emotions, it is like the secret sauce to everything. And it's really what's truly brought me to where I am in my life. And, you know, people ask me all the time, like, what are some things that you've manifested? And like, I totally manifested my daughter and I totally manifested, you know, living in certain places that we lived and manifested like a home that we live in and where we live. So I don't know if that helps to explain meditation a little bit better, but that's what's worked for me. Absolutely. And that's so funny because I was literally just going to ask you, like, what are some things that you've manifested or things that you 
maybe manifest daily? Like, is there something that you do every single day that you manifest? I just said manifest like 300 times in a row, but (laughs) you get the point. (laughs) For sure. So it's not necessarily like every day of a meditation practice that like looks like what I just explained. Um, but I think before you even really get into meditation or manifestation, I think like when you wake up in the morning, you have a choice, right? We have a choice. And a lot of us, not a lot of us humans, like humans, we are habituated, right? So we wake up in the morning and we might not even have a thought yet, but, you know, as soon as we start worrying about like our problems or we grab our phone or, you know, we go over to the coffee machine and we make a coffee. Like these are all things that are habituated, right? We're used to doing these things. Um, But for me, instead of, you know, falling, you know, victim to those things that I was used to doing, you know, I would wake up in the morning and I would just kind of like feel like meh. And instead of feeling meh, like I had the choice to feel grateful. I have the choice to feel happy. I have the choice to, you know, feel whatever it is that I want to feel. So making that a practice, like from the second you open up your eyes, like it's not a coincidence that your life is the way it is. And if I woke up every single day, continuing to feel like, you know, sorry for myself or continuing to feel like bummed out about this or, you know, anxious about that, then my life would look a lot different than it does now. And that's not to say that this is easy. That's another thing too, you know, people just expect, um, quick results probably. Yeah, for sure. They think that, you know, a meditation practice or a manifestation practice is easy and it is the hardest thing ever. It it was the hardest thing I've ever done. And Mm -hmm. it was hard, like I said, because change is, is hard because it is unfamiliar. It's unpredictable. It's uncomfortable. And until we can kind of get over the fact that, you know, we need to be comfortable with getting uncomfortable, then ugh, it's going to be hard to change. Yeah. I love that. And so is it part of your daily routine? Like, do you do that every single day, every single night, or what does that look like for you? Yeah. So there's actually two really great times in the day to meditate. And I know being a mom, I, it's so funny. If I could go back, I would kind of like, like slap myself, but I, uh, <laughs> you know, was like, oh, I'm for sure going to, continue to meditate every single morning for at least 25 minutes, um, no matter, you know, if I have babies or not. And now I have Simona and that obviously changed and looks, you know, a (laughs) little bit different. So I do practice, like I said, like the second I open my eyes in the morning, I'm like, how do I want to feel this morning? Like, how do I want to feel this morning? And throughout the day, I'm going to make a choice to, you know, be grateful. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, I have nothing to be grateful for. Maybe not necessarily in that moment or from that second you wake up, but every single person has experienced gratitude or happiness or joy at some point in time in their life. So tap into that because you really, you know what it's like to be grateful and you know what it's like to be happy. So that that is there, that's innate in us. But I choose, you know, I choose how I want to feel in the morning. And sometimes I get a meditation in, sometimes I don't, but I... I will say in the morning, if you can meditate, your brain waves are lower. So you're more uh, susceptible to absorbing information in the morning and then at night before you go to bed. So if I don't get a meditation in, in the morning or the afternoon, I definitely meditate before bed. And the meditation that I do is um, Dr. Joe Dispenza's morning and his evening meditation. I 
swear by those two. I absolutely love them. And if I don't uh, do his meditations, then I'll just do my own. Um, what I basically just had explained to you, I kind of just like close my eyes and again, really bring in how I want to feel. But uh, that's really like what the practice looks like for me. And I just commit to it every single day. And, you know, when people say, you know, it's hard to come in and it's hard to really form that practice, the way I see meditation is like showering. So you need to cleanse your physical body. And just like you cleanse your physical body, I think it's even more important to cleanse your mind. And it's just like, I am so passionate about it because it is really like what's gotten me here and what's mm-hmm. quote unquote, like saved me. So that's what it looks like for me. And it can look completely different for you, but I feel like a lot of people who start off meditating um, don't know enough about it. And if I have one suggestion, it is to take some time and learn because knowledge is the precursor to experience. And what I mean by that is when you know better, you can do better. So if you understand why you're doing what you're doing, so why you're meditating, if you really understand like I said, what you're doing, the how gets easier. So it becomes easier once you understand it better, if that makes sense. Yeah. I love everything that you just said. I feel like you could honestly write a book because, oh my (laughs) gosh, you're just like full of so much knowledge. And yeah, I, now I'm like, I'm going to meditate tonight. Like I'm thinking this in my head, like, okay, I'm going to give it another go. Cause I think like what a lot of people have issues with is like the discipline and maybe like they tried a few times. Like I know for sure, like I like, I mean, I try it every now and then, but I think I get like frustrated because I'm like, or I get distracted or I'm like, and then I, and then I don't want to do it again because do you know what I mean? Like sometimes if you don't, if you don't do it consistently, it feels like you're not doing anything, but really you just have to like stick with it. I feel like from what it sounds like and just keep trying and educating yourself more about like what you're actually doing and how to do it. And then, yeah, just trying to be more consistent, even if it's like five minutes a day in the morning or five minutes at night. Um, it sounds like it's changed your life. And yeah, I, I just love everything that you said about it. Thank you. Again, it's when we don't, it's like anything in life, you don't really understand why you're doing what you're doing no wonder it's like discouraging or it, you, you know, you give up quickly because you don't really, you're kind of like, well, what, what's the point of doing this? Like, why am I doing this? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, like when I started to learn about meditation, I think I spend more time researching and learning about why meditation is so powerful uh, before I even really got into it, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. again, like if you just turn on a meditation and you don't really understand like why you're doing it or how to do it, then yeah, for sure. It's, it's discouraging. And, you know, I think if you are in a meditation and like all these thoughts come up and, you know, you're like sitting there and you're thinking about, you know, your emails or you're thinking about, you know, how you have to make your husband lunch or your kids. And you're, you're thinking about all these things. That's okay. That's so normal. And so, okay. You're that's what you're used to. You know, your body's just bringing up the thoughts that you're used to thinking because as human beings like I said we're habitual we're used to doing things and having the same habits so the point of meditation is to you know 
not necessarily even quiet those thoughts, but to become aware of what you're thinking about and then call in more of what you do want in your life. So that's why, like, I think the manifestation meditation, like thinking of it as like a practice that's combined is so powerful because if you can have like a meditation time and then bring in the manifestation piece too, then it kind of becomes fun. It's like, well, I'm going to meditate because I know it's like wonderful for me, but I'm also going to manifest the things that I do want in my future. So for me, it almost became like fun opposed to like something I had to do. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if, you follow, and if you follow the formula, formula of having, you know, one, that intention and then pairing it with an emotion and how you are going to feel once you have whatever it is that you want, it like, it's like a practice that becomes fun and you can change it as you go along. So, you know, what I used to manifest, you know, a year ago is totally different than what I'm manifesting now. Right. Because Mm -hmm. I've gotten those things and they've shown up in my life and uh, yeah, it's just, it's more of a fun practice than anything. Yeah. And also obviously you're a new mom and I have seen that you practice mindfulness with your baby, which is just so cute and you do your meditations while she's sitting there sometimes. Like what are some other ways that you practice this with her? Yeah, for sure. Great question. So I think mindfulness again is like really trendy word. And a lot of people are like, I don't really know what that means. And for me, mindfulness is just being present with no judgment towards myself and others. So as parents, I honestly, I love this, but you can practice mindfulness by being less judgmental on yourself and less judgmental of other mothers and other parents first and foremost. Like if you want to really vamp up your mindfulness practice, that's the number one thing, less judgment on yourself and less judgment on others. And like, there's nothing easier than that. Really just becoming aware of that and for me, like playing a meditation for Simona and I was just, it kind of was like by fluke. It was more of a selfish thing for me because she was like <laughs> sleeping on the couch and I'm like, well, I guess I'm just going to like from the time she was born, I guess I'm going to like play my meditation now. Um, and it kind of, she, I could tell like she's seven months now, but she almost like has gotten used to it or there's certain meditations that I'll play. And it's not like she's actually meditating, but <laughs> I feel like it's, it's naturally calming. Right. So, right. uh, it's just like a time for us to be present with each other. And I don't think, you know, that's not necessarily something that moms need to go do now, play a meditation for your kid, but (laughs) yeah, having that time, whether it's five minutes or 40 minutes where you're absolutely just glued to them and your phone is away and you can fully a hundred percent give all of yourself to them is, I mean, really that's, the best thing you can do for them is give them your time and really, really be present without your phone there or without the television or with other distractions. And I know it's easy for me to say, cause I only have one and you probably have some listeners who have like three kids and they're like, hi, yeah, okay. <laughs> Come talk to me when you have three kids. But uh, you know, like I said, it could be five minutes. It could be 40 minutes, but we, you know, as parents, that's, I think the number one things we number one thing we can give our children is just our undivided attention and our time. Mm -hmm. So true. What has it been like for you, like navigating hockey now with a new baby? Because this is her first season, first hockey season, right? Yeah, honestly, I wish I 
could say it's been, it, it has not been challenging because one, Justin's been injured uh, for a lot of the season. And with Corona, it is just a totally different season. We can't, I got to go to two games and then our, basically the arena got shut down. So they're not allowed fans. Mm -hmm. So I, sometimes I'll bring Simona to like after Justin's practice um, is done and he can like skate around with her. And, you know, I want to immerse her into, you know, obviously a little bit of Justin's work and for her to be on the ice because it's just like it's fun but uh it hasn't really been challenging because yeah he's been injured and with corona it's a totally different year yeah I know and we were kind of talking about this before for those that were listening and I was like we have to start recording because I feel like I could talk to you for like an hour and then we're gonna just like forget (laughs) to record at all (laughs) but um yeah so you're in Denmark what has it looked like for you over there with COVID? Cause I know just like so many people are interested in like hearing other countries and other experiences with that because it's all so different. And I know we were talking how like Sweden's a little bit more lax, but Denmark is super, super strict. Yeah. Uh, which for me, like that's been so hard. Austria has been like in lockdown this whole season. And I don't know, I just feel so disconnected from hockey this year, which is such a bummer because it is so fun to go to the games and socialize with the girls. And it's just been such a different year. Yeah, it's, I couldn't agree more. So different. And like you had the the perfect word there. It is just, you do feel disconnected. And sometimes I even forget that Justin even plays hockey. I'm like, <laughs> what are we doing here again? Yeah, why do we do But when we first got to, because Justin signed a contract a little bit later on, and um, it was the end of September that we got here, and COVID wasn't even really a thing, or at least it didn't seem like it was. The little town that we live in, we're in uh, northern Denmark, and there was like no masks. You didn't have, like, no one was wearing a mask. You could go into grocery stores and restaurants, like, no one was wearing a mask. It was amazing compared to, I mean, I don't want to offend anyone. Not that it was amazing, like, if you're totally felt, I, I mean it, I'm sure it felt amazing, <laughs> felt amazing. I think we're all so I th- yeah I think we can all relate on the fact that we all wish we could not be wearing masks anymore right okay yes so <laughs> we get here and I'm like wow it's like corona doesn't even exist and this feels very normal and I was so thrilled and so happy because especially with having a new baby it's well I mean Simona was like two and a half months then but you know it's so exciting and I wanted to take her out and just you know do all the things and be in Europe and go to those cafes and it was exciting. And then we had about, I would say a month and a half of that where everything seemed very much normal and COVID didn't really exist. And then slowly but surely you had to start wearing a mask in restaurants and then in grocery stores. And so things started to look a lot like Canada. And then all of a sudden it was the end of November and we go into this complete lockdown, complete shutdown. And Canada wasn't even in the lockdown at this point. And I know they're taking COVID very seriously. So we were kind of like thrown for a loop and it basically, you know, got the carpet ripped from underneath us and everything was closed down. And there was this like, you know, three week, then it turned into a six week lockdown. And then they opened up for a couple of days around the holidays, but uh, everything closed on the 20, I believe it was the 26th or 27th. 
of December and here we are, we're mid-February and everything is still completely closed down. And we live in a small town. So even like all of the cafes are closed here. We have another town that's 40 minutes away from us where sometimes like today we went, I was like, Justin, we need to get in the car and we need food. Just like, I need a coffee. Anything. Yeah, my sanity like depends on it. So I'm like, I guess I'm grateful for that, but yeah, that's basically what it's looked like here. And I know in a lot of other Scandinavian countries, like you mentioned, Finland and Sweden, things are a lot less lax, but unfortunately we're in the Scandinavian country where things are very, very much locked down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you find yourself going stir crazy at all? Honestly, it really, it does ebb and flow. Cause I feel mm-hmm. like every single day I, you know, there's days where I'm like, I'm so grateful for this time and, you know, to be able to, you know, be here and be so present with Simona and, you know, to be a new mom, it's not the worst thing ever to spend so much time at home and have this, like a lot of family time. Mm -hmm. And then obviously I'm a, you know, we're human and there's days where, you know, I'm like, I just want to be able to go get my nails done or, you know, go to a cafe and sit there and have lunch (laughs) and, or, you know, even hang out with more than five to 10 people at a time. So it's absolutely been challenging for me 100%. I can't deny that. And I always like let myself have, you know, if you want to have, you know, those bad thoughts or bad days, like it's, we're human, but I do keep coming back to, you know, the thought that like, this has to be happening, you know, for us, not to us. Like there's got to be a reason why we're going through this. And, you know, I really hope at the end of this, or, you know, when things start to level out and get back to quote unquote normal, because who knows what that's going to be like, that we see a lot of positive and reassuring things ahead. Cause I mean, there's gotta be a reason why we're going through this. <laughs> I keep <telling> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I totally agree. Like it for sure ebbs and flows. Cause I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm fine for a few days but then once those few days pass and I haven't left my apartment I'm like just like you said just anything anywhere just let's go get a coffee to go and just walk around I have to get out because you know I think a lot of us aren't used to doing that but like you said it's also a good time to just slow down and kind of go inward and and I'm a new mom as well and just having that time to be at home is is important too and and I think maybe in the big picture of things we'll look back and remember that time and remember how much time we were able to spend with our kids. Right. Right. Absolutely. I mean, like, obviously I never want to take that for granted and, you know, kind of a thing for me or something that I've always said, even pre COVID, but especially now is I really, really try hard every single day to just show up for the things that make me feel good. And I know that looks completely different for everyone and everyone's life and journey is different. But when you can find, you know, the things that do make you feel good, whether it's one or two or three things, those things begin to like add up and it makes for a beautiful life. Even when you do go through, you know, challenging times, like we are going through now. And, you know, so like a blessing for us has been like, we live on the ocean and we do live in nature. So, you know, every single day I'm like, I make it a point, even if it's freezing to, you know, walk out to the ocean and just like take that in, you know, like how many people get to say that they live on the ocean or they've lived on the ocean. And Mm -hmm. so that's just like one small thing that makes me, you know, feel really good every single day. And I think if we can remember to do that, it, uh, it makes this time a lot easier to go through. 
For sure. And do you feel like when you don't do those things, like, do you feel like it impacts your mood or your lifestyle? Oh my gosh. Like 110%. Like, it's so funny because my husband will be like, did you meditate today? Did you go for your walk? (laughs) Like, did you, and like, feel like straight up, no, when I don't, because I'm so much more reactive, so much more anxious, so much more like just on edge. And like, it, it's great to have someone, honestly, like he is fully my accountability partner because he will tell me, like, yeah, uh, you can go in the room and do your little thing. Yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. Or you can go on that walk or you, I don't know, have like four or five more juices if that's what you yeah. <laughs> seriously that's so funny I'm sure they can tell oh for sure so and again like being a new mom Justin I actually just had this conversation but I know like I have to show up for myself because if I don't show up for myself and do the things like I said that make me honestly truly feel good I'm not going to show up well for him or for Simona so so many you know I think especially as like moms and dads we think it's selfish to take time to do things for ourselves. and like no we're really just gifting our children a better us when we take time for ourselves so I always Mm -hmm. you know tell moms and new moms that are and not even moms but you know you want to show up for yourself so you can show up better for the ones that you love Absolutely. Yeah. Have you ever heard of that analogy that's like about the oxygen mask on the plane, like yeah. kind of relating it to like that and saying you have to put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you put it on others. And it's kind of the same thing. Like if you're pouring from an empty cup, it's just, yeah. it's not going to work. Right. So how in this health and wellness realm, how has that been for you living in different countries? Do you find that it's like easier to stick with a routine you find that it's harder? Like what, what is that like for you? Yeah, for sure. So <clears throat> I think that like three, four or five years ago, I would have said that like the wellness world in Europe isn't as good, so to speak, or isn't, you know, as forward thinking as say North America is, but I don't know, there's something you know, along this whole transition and healing journey for me, I've just kind of like let go of all of the like trendy aspects of wellness and really just gotten super simple. And again, it goes back to just doing the things that make you feel good. So um, for me, like I am fully embrace the countries that we're in now and every single country has something new um, that they can bring to the table. And it's not even necessarily new. It's like culturally to them, it's, you know, what's cool and what's trendy back in North America here, they've been doing it for like years and years and years. So like when we lived in Finland, it was like the saunas and then they would go in like literally into the freezing lakes um, (laughs) and they've been doing that for years and years and years. And I know back home, that's like cool to do that, right? Like cryo and like go into saunas and Uh and like even in in Denmark, they have um, the whole saying it's it's pronounced like Huga and it just means, you know, to just be content with the small things and, you know, to live like a happy, cozy life. So just like fully embracing the culture that you're in is like the best type of wellness advice, because at the end of the day, wellness just means that you want to feel well. So whatever that looks like for you, um, is great. So I don't really even think about like the wellness world necessarily when I move to a different country. I just think about how I want to feel 
and just kind of go off of the different trends in the cultures that uh, I'm currently living in. Mm -hmm. I have like a super random question for you. I don't know why this just popped into my head, but how are you at traveling? Like, do you like flying? Yeah. So, oh gosh, you would have asked me this. Like, I remember my first flight ever. I was petrified. I actually don't <laughs> like flying. I don't, I used to like have really bad like neurological issues and like, I would get really dizzy. And so the whole like inner ear thing when I'm like flying, it's just like, is unsettling. I don't love planes, but I'm also not like a planner by nature. I just like don't plan. And I kind of am very much go with the flow type person. So I don't know. I've never really been like negatively affected by the travel. I think I'm just like, I know I have to do it and it's fine. And we've gotten really good at packing. So we're like, <laughs> we're like packers. And I, again, like I've become very like a minimalist at nature. So I don't really like, I like the, I like the idea of being able to travel, especially when you get to Europe. And it's such a bummer again with COVID, like Justin and I have been to 26 different countries wow. since uh, we started dating and the fact that we didn't even get to go anywhere this year um is such a bummer we got I to know. go to Copenhagen which was cool but again it's still in the, like it's in Denmark but uh yeah no I think I am like if I had someone were to say or like from the outside looking in I think I would say I'm a good uh, a good traveler <laughs> <laughs> yeah sounds like it and also totally agree with being a minimalist I feel like you have to be and I don't know about you, but I find myself feeling so good when I get rid of stuff. Like I absolutely love just looking in my closet and being like, okay, what have I not worn? What can I get rid of? What can I not take back with me? It just feels so freaking good. Oh, for sure. And I think, um, I believe you even asked me like, what has like Europe done for you or how has it like improved your life? And that is like one of the things, honestly, Justin and I have become such minimalists since moving here and it's been like such a humbling experience for us because you really do start to value like moments and experiences over things mm -hmm. so like we are all about doing more of the things that obviously I keep reiterating it um that make us feel good and that has totally been influenced by you know the cultures and the people in these cities that we've gotten to live in. It's been incredible. And even going home now, we ended up buying a home in like a small town outside of Niagara. It's like off of Niagara on the lake called Port de Luzi. And it's just a little tiny town and it's on the water. And um, we're able to like walk to coffee shops and walk to restaurants. And that was totally influenced by living in Europe. We're like, how can we not get in our car, you know, 10 times a day? We need to live somewhere that allows us to just enjoy where we are and the whole like work to live versus live to work thing could not be more us. Like we just want to work less and live more. <laughs> so yeah. uh, that's something again, we've really gotten um, and been influenced by since moving to Europe. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, you're getting me thinking because I feel like before this hockey life, with things can accumulate. And I feel like sometimes you feel like you have to keep up with the trends or keep up with like this and that, but like, mm -hmm. it's so important to just, you know, again, go inward and just figure out like what you really love, what you need, what you don't, what you can live without. And once you start evaluating that stuff, you really start to realize that you don't need as much as you think. 
Absolutely. And it's, it's funny because things, a lot of the time, I think, I think there's like, you know, this saying out there that like things don't make you happy. And uh, like, I disagree and then agree with it. But like, you know, when I buy a new bag or if I buy a new pair of, you know, workout pants or a new pair of sunglasses, those things make me happy. Like, let's just be honest, mm-hmm. they make me happy, but they don't fulfill me. So I think there's a difference between, you know, happiness and fulfillment. And I think a lot of the times we think that we're in need of happiness when really we're looking to be fulfilled. So yeah, like, I don't know, all the, all the things at the end of the day, they can make you happy for, you know, a day or 10 minutes or maybe a week. And then, yeah, you're like on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. It's really like finding what fulfills you and like for me, it's been experiences and creating memories versus having the things. So um, yeah, like like I said, hockey brings you a lot of good. And that is really one of the good things it's truly brought in me. So true. What was your favorite country that you've lived in? Oh, this is so tough. Someone actually just <laughs> asked me the other day what your favorite city was. Um, Putting you on the spot. <laughs> no, no, I would have to say Germany because... I really, I mean, I loved, like loved Munich and we, I, I would say Justin and I like really, really fell in love with the European culture when we moved to, like we moved from Riga, Latvia, which was Eastern Europe. And I loved, I did really love that city. It was awesome. But we moved to this small town called Augsburg, Germany, and it was like the absolute cutest little town and the best group oh they were just so amazing and uh and then from there we moved to Cologne and then to Munich but Germany we spent most time in Germany so Mm -hmm. I would have to say that yeah Germany is my favorite country so far what's your favorite that you visited on vacation oh I mean okay so I am Italian um actually my maiden name is Spitaleri so both my parents are Italian and <laughs> no way. I, I honestly I have to say Italy it was a trip that Justin and I did um I think it was three years ago and it was like Lake Como Lake Garda and then mm. Verona so the north of Italy and we've gone back to Italy like four times now because we love it so much so I would say right like now the north of Italy is my favorite you can honestly not go wrong with Italy. Like seriously, the no. people are the nicest. The food is the best. The shopping is amazing. Like it's just 10 out of 10. It really, honestly, it really is. It, and like, I think too, the hard part about, um, I mean, it's not hard, it's awesome, but it's challenging to experience European countries, obviously in warmer weather when we're here because of hockey and it's has us here mm-hmm. in you know the fall and winter. But I've also got to spend time in Italy in the summer and it's like oh it's so good in the summer too and it's good in the winter and the fall it's just yeah it's the best best country (laughs) I know like even I don't know if you guys had to like jet out last year with everything with COVID but we had to leave so quickly and just because the season got canceled then we were like all right like we got to get out of here we got to get home before the borders close because that's what we thought was happening um and I really wanted to travel after the season because it was like middle of March. And normally like when those breaks are happening, it's like during the cooler months. So you don't really get to experience that warm weather on those types of vacations. And I was so bummed because we had to head back, but I'm like, okay, I'm praying that next hockey season, things will be better when everybody comes back. (laughs) 
it's such it really is such a bummer and like fortunately for us we've gotten to like we've been here for five years so I've gotten to spend some time traveling even after the season has been over so I really hope for you that you know even this year hopefully things open up and if not then next year you can uh, experience it because it's oh, it's just like the best ever yeah, for sure. These lockdowns better be worth something. <laughs> I know, exactly. exactly. Oh, it's like, when is it going to end? Um, anyways, but to kind of like full circle back to everything with your health and wellness journey, do you mind just telling everybody if they want to, um, you know, find your services and uh, work with you one-on-one, like where would they find you and what's that like? Yeah, so you can find me, I think... Instagram is probably the best spot uh, right now. And it's at the mindful blonde and then I have my website and it's just www.themindfulblonde.com. And since having Simona, I sort of tailored my uh, coaching services and I just do very specific private um, services right now, just because I'm trying to be fully present with her and just like give a lot of my attention to her. But in the coming months, I do have a few ideas in the works right now that I'm working on to hopefully open that up to either group coaching or some sort of like telehealth platform because uh, I do feel like there's been such a need for it. So uh, if you are interested, you can find me at those two places, but there's so much more um, fun stuff that's ahead. So I'm really excited for it. Yay, well, I'm so excited to see that as well. And I just love your Instagram and everything that you share. And I just love how you say that you use it as a manifestation tool. And I think it kind of takes the pressure off of feeling like you have to like keep up on Instagram all the time. You know what I mean? And just really manifesting like what you want and sharing your life and your routine. And I think you're influencing so many more people than you think. Oh, well, thank you so much. And I just, I want to say that like you had just mentioned using Instagram as, you know, a manifestation tool. Cause so like so many I hear it time and time again people are like you know social media is so toxic and social media is you know ruining the world and like I want to play devil's advocate here there's obviously good and bad to everything but it really ultimately comes down to how we decide and how we choose to view it so like even this right now this encounter like if it wasn't for Instagram and if it wasn't for social media we wouldn't be having this conversation mm -hmm. and you're putting so much good out there for like this community and that comes because of social media and like to use social media as a manifest manifestation tool is easier said again than done but you know if you can see someone on Instagram that has something that you want just know that that is available to you you know it doesn't have to be something that you're you can't have if you if she has it or he has it, you know, you can have that too. And I always, I know there's like those shared folders or they're not shared, they're, you save them um, in like the background of your Instagram. And that's what I do. Like if there's something I see on Instagram that I want or that I like, um, I save it into a folder that says manifestation. And it's just like, again, it's like something fun that you can do. And at the end of the day, comparison is basically it just takes us out of the present moment and it strips us of our joy. So every time you find yourself comparing yourself to someone, I know we all do it or something, just mm -hmm. kind of like recognize that and be like this person or this situation does not deserve to take my joy. So 
and then you'll kind of stop doing it. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. And if people want to find you, The Mindful Blonde, and the website is mindfulblonde.com. Yes, exactly. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much. Bye.